Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Jumpman! And you are listening to Thunderdumps Volume 1. Yeah! So we picked over some of our best stuff uh, and packaged it awesome for you. And remember, when you hear this sound, the next topic will begin. <laughs> You know, end end with uh end with a shot uh, at a like a fight scene slobber knocker at Golden Corral. Word. But do it without telling people at Golden Corral. So just uh, shoot it on your iPhones, so people think it's real. Like <laughs> oh, when it Jesus. happens and stuff. You know, like there must be a chocolate fountain death scene. Oh, of course. In fact, let's just do Golden Corral the movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's do Golden Corral the movie. We'll set the whole fucking thing at a, at a Golden Corral until mm-hmm. you get kicked out. And he'll tape it at another Golden Corral. Actually, you won't even get kicked out, man. Have you seen the clientele <laughs> in Golden Corral? I mean, they'll let anyone in. Anyone. <laughs> I think. Wait, no. I think if you if you do if you do too many things, like it, people might think that you're exercising the Golden Corral, and then have a heart attack thinking about exercise. Golden Corral, the movie. I think we can do this. Jump maniacs. Anyone that is interested in taping this movie, contact us on our Facebook page. And uh, we'll maybe we'll write you a script and then go wait, like Corral. just cut us a trailer, just go shoot a one to two minute trailer at a Golden Corral on your iPhone or whatever, and send us the footage to so we have like a proof of concept, and then we will write you a Golden Corral movie script. Hey, wait, this is genius! Wait, 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 so so what's what's the title going to be of this Golden Corral movie? Uh, maybe the Bloody Corral. <laughs> showdown at the Golden Corral, or yeah, we don't want to go. to, I mean, like we might just need to call it Golden Corral the movie, because mm-hmm. like I feel like right there sums it up perfectly. Because it's go- Golden Corral, but when you put the movie afterwards, you're like, what the fuck, Golden Corral the movie? Everyone knows it's the shittiest, awesomest restaurant of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you need to do a pun. I think you just say call it Golden Corral, <laughs> Golden the, movie. Corral the movie. People are like, okay, I know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about now. It'd be wow. it'd be genius. I just had another thought about Golden Corral the movie. Do it. Okay. Like, we could get really <laughs> shitty washed up actors and actresses mm-hmm. to be in this. Okay. So anybody like, who's ever co-starred in a Steven Seagal movie. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> like, from the 80s and, and the early 90s and stuff. Like, people that haven't been in a movement for 20 years, they'd be willing to assign their, attach their uh, name to any project. Let's get those people. <laughs> Wait a second. Why don't we just call Steven Seagal on the horn and just be just pay him with food? Oh my God! He would totally do this movie. <laughs> he would. He, he would go all. And I'm doing air quotes right now. Yes. He would go method. <laughs> He'd be a method actor. I need to get inside the golden. <laughs> then, then I can truly understand. That's right. I need to be the chocolate fountain. Golden Corral is like one with nature, and I am a god. <laughs> He's the real Sasquatch. <laughs> Oh my god! I did. I just watched. Uh, you know, every once in a while, I just search for stupid shit on YouTube. Yes. And so I wrote Steven Seagal funny, and uh, it popped up to a clip from the Howard Stern show, and Rob Schneider was on there telling a Steven Seagal story. Really? And uh, he's they went into Steven Seagal's movie trailer, and he came out of this back room, and he goes, "I've just read the greatest movie script of all time," and they're like, "Oh my god, really? That's awesome. Who wrote it?" I did. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! We love you, Steven! <laughs> Isn't that the greatest? Like, wouldn't you expect Steven Seagal to say that? <laughs> yes. I just read the greatest movie script of all time. Who wrote it? I did. 
<laughs> it's starring me. <laughs> I bet it was a fucking great movie, too. Dude, Golden Corral. And every time someone reaches their hand over his to grab some of the twice-baked potatoes, he can just snap it in half. <laughs> we'll, do elbow, we'll do elbow breaks all movie. I, I imagine Steven Seagal goes like, wah bah wah bah wah bah and like breaks somebody's elbow in half, and then hoists them over like the steaming hot soup pan, and goes, or maybe, or, <laughs> what'd you say, soups up? Soups on. <laughs> you. <laughs> or maybe the oh next, my god. Yes. He can fight with any weapon, so he'll just get those, those uh, serving spoons. He'll fucking carve <laughs> you up, man. I imagine he's just like, like the whole movie is just centered around Steven Seagal just trying to eat at the Golden Corral. Yeah. And then each time there's like an unruly person in front of him or behind him or like with a baby or some, some other annoyance that he's just like, God, I just want to eat my 13 plates of steaks and mutated chickens. Oh my God, this would be brilliant. Like what <laughs> if like... What if, like, the, the Golden Corral cooks are actually some kind of, like, international terrorist organization? Of course. And so he's infiltrating Golden Corral to figure out the spiring and crack the code. Wait, wait, what if he starts out as the chef, right? Yeah, so Ryback. <laughs> so it's Casey Ryback, retired, right? So he's old, he's old and busted, but he's still got what it takes to save the day. Oh, so he is the head chef in Golden Corral, and then terrorists try and take over the Golden Corral and hold it hostage, <laughs> yes. and then the government's like, fuck, we can't get in there. Sir, we're getting a call from inside. Who is it? It's Casey Ryback's. Oh, shit! Casey Ryback! Okay, everyone stand down. Just give him three hours and tons of Parmesan-crusted steak, and he's got this. And then they always had that scene at the end where Casey Ryback's like, I've disabled the terrorists, and all the generals around the world were like, yeah! <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Terrorists take over Golden Corral, and Ryback, the retired chef, Wait. has to take them out. I want to see, I see a, a scene, a scene where, um, where, where a really hot chick bursts out of a cake, and Ryback's like, no, get back into the cake. <laughs> I was gonna eat that. <laughs> Fuck. I'm still going to eat <laughs> whether or not she's in there. I just see like I just want to see him with like a piece of cake with like some fingers sticking out of it like mm. <laughs> never get away wait. and he'd be like never think never think while you're hungry. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, there you go, dude. I mean, if it's not Casey Ryback, this has to be the sequel to Fat Vampire Hunter. Oh my god. Or, or if anyone can do like flash animation or something, just fucking cartoon this up. Yes, dude. Ah, see, we're we're see, we're giving you these great ideas. <laughs> okay, great. So as a kid, I got a lunchbox in elementary school every two years. When I, when our parents bought us a lunchbox, it had to last two years. Mm. So in first grade, I got a He-Man lunchbox, and it was a metal lunchbox back in the day, man, metal. Oh. And so I had that for first and second grade. Third grade, yes. I got Transformers, baby, Generation One. You know it. For third and fourth grade. Fifth grade, I had to choose, and I chose poorly, Centurion's lunchbox. Power Extreme! But it was supposed to last me two years. So fifth grade. So sixth grade, you go to middle school. The first day of sixth grade, I walk into the cafeteria. There's 200 kids in there eating lunch. I'm the only fucking one that brought a lunchbox. Right. Nobody. Everyone else brought plastic or put the plastic. Everyone else brought brown paper bags for their lunch. 
Now, right. these are all the kids that were in fifth grade with me last year with lunchboxes, and they all brought brown paper bags for the lunches in middle school. And I was like, did I miss the fucking memo? Like, yep. when, when we took the tour of middle school, no one said, by the way, don't be a fucking baby and bring a lunchbox. No one said that. When I got my school supply list and my teacher list, no one said, don't bring a lunchbox. And then I get there, even the nerds, even the nerds brought, <laughs> like, the nerds still brought metal thermoses with their apple juice uh-huh. in it, but they also carried brown paper bags. And I was like, how? And I'm like, holy shit, I've got to get through lunch with my Centurion's lunchbox. Every other person is not having a lunchbox. It's the first day of school. You know, it's like, oh, man, I like I like ate with, like, my arms over the lunchbox kind of thing. But I felt loyal. So I took that Centurion's lunchbox, and I stuck it in the top of my locker, left it there all year, and I just lied to oh. our parents and said that I lost it, so I would have to get brown paper bags for the rest of the time. But I felt like strangely loyal to the centurion so i couldn't just throw them out in the garbage because i felt that'd be like doing them dirty so i just kept them stuffed in the top of my locker and every time i opened it i had like a pang of guilt when i was a sixth grader Uh. but damn it if i wasn't cool in my brown paper bag (laughs) you know i will i will share with you eric one one terrible birthday i when you said terrible birthday presents i was like oh my god i uh, i was i was upset for like a month uh, based on like a birthday gift that I received from our parents. Ah, okay. Yeah, but it was like Spill it, it. It was strange. It was like I don't know. I think I was like ten, and ten. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, ten is like a big age. You know, you hit like double digits. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, and I got like one thing for my birthday, and the whole time, the whole week, and maybe maybe the whole two months leading up to it, I was like, video games, please be video games, please be video <laughs> games, please be video games, and I, I don't know if I was saying that out loud. I'm sure I was. You know, just like oozing, I want video games, like, out of every pore of my body. Right. You know? Uh, so, birthday comes around, and I'm like, and, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, when I was a kid, I would just get, like, so crazed on my birthday, I would just be an asshole the whole day. I remember <laughs> just being a jerk to everybody and be like, just, just because I was just so stressed out oh, about, okay. like, the, the whole scenario. You know, like, like, you know, it's like Christmas Eve, you know, like, couldn't sleep the whole night, like... A month leading up to my birthday, I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to get video games. Here it comes. Video games. <laughs> I was just obsessed back then, just at bonkers. So uh, I get one thing that that year for my birthday, and I could tell already that I'm not going to like it because it mm. is not the size of a video game. It's yeah. smaller. You could tell by game. the shape of stuff, if it was a video game or a G.I. Joe guy or something. Yep, there's the shape, and also when you pick up a video game, you know... You know, yeah. basically what's inside. Unless somebody's trying to, like, you know, goof you. Uh-huh. You know, to, like, put it in, like, a box or something. Yeah. Like lead, like, lead weights or something. So, I pick this up, and it's, like, a square kind of an object. And I open it, and it's, like, this brownish plastic shell. It's, like, the, you know, like, the square shell. I'm, like, what the hell is this? And it's, like, a puzzle box, and I open it up, and there's, like, like a silver watch inside. Mm. And yes. I'm, like, I didn't know what the hell to think. You know, I was like looking at this thing, thinking like, is this like some kind of rite of passage thing? You yes. know, like, uh, is is this, does this mean I'm a man now? What, what, why wasn't there video games? And I don't know. Wh- and uh, I, I took it upstairs to my room, and I think I cried for like an hour. <laughs> and then I took it back down, and I could, and it was like watching watching myself in a dream do this, and I 
took the watch and I gave it back to my parents and I was like, I'm sorry, I cannot accept this gift. And then I went back upstairs and cried more. And I was just <laughs> oh, just man. out of my mind upset. And uh, and then mom came up, I think like hours later, and she's just like, she sits on the bed with me and she's like, uh, so uh, uh, did, did you want it to be like video games? And I'm like, no! <laughs> yeah, you can't fucking not. play with a watch, mom, unless it has lasers on it. Does this watch have lasers? Man. So, yeah, no, I, I feel your pain, Eric. That was, like, that was a monumental upset for me, man. It's so funny because I also had a watch birthday year that Re- sucked ass. Really? Was it, like, 10, I think? Uh, no, I was a little bit older. So, clearly, we did a whole episode on Ghost Rider 2. You know we love it. So, let's uh, give a little love to Kick-Ass. He's not the main character in Kick-Ass, but he is the uh, dad of Hit-Girl. Right. He's he's a character who um let's see. He raises uh, he raises his daughter from birth to be a cold-blooded killer. But it's hilarious like the trainings uh, the training scenes which they released at Comic-Con uh before the before the movie come out are so priceless. Where he's he's trying to get his little girl to 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 take like an 8mm bullet to the chest, you know, to to prove to her like how it feels like to hit a bulletproof vest. Yeah. And she's like, okay, but I want ice cream afterwards. I feel like, like that that scene right there, like the the actress's name is like Chloe Moretz or something like that. Yeah, I feel like they had to keep her separate from Cage until that scene was ready, just so he didn't accidentally like think the scene was on and grab his own <laughs> gun and just shoot her. <laughs> you know, they're like, all right, be very careful. Make sure that Cage is totally cognizant of the fact that we are giving them the prop gun. He doesn't need to bring his own nine to the set. I think I think Nick Cage's handler has to have some kind of special bell or something on him where you can just ring the bell and some and Nick Cage be like oh, oh, oh whoa, 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 and just like wander off to wherever like like Godzilla nineteen eighty where like he sees the seagulls and wanders off like distracted. Yeah, I, I feel like at one scene at one moment during that movie, Chloe was in her trailer and she woke up and Cage is above her with the gun like Chloe, let's rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can see that happening, dude. You just never, you just never know. With an actor who always plays crazy, who uh, like a method actor who like goes crazy all the time. Like, actually, I just read some news that on the set of his most recent movie that he was going, he was going all uh, all crazy on uh, his co-star, his very very young female co-star, and she was freaking out and complaining to the director about it. Like yeah, he would, man. he would come in on his on his off days and stare at her. <laughs> the dude is nuts. Now I feel like in this movie too, like he 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 kind of looks like Batman with the body armor and stuff on that he wears and the mask. Yeah, I mean they call him Big Daddy, That's but right. I almost feel like he thought he was Batman. I almost feel like the director went up to him and didn't say the movie's called Kick Ass. They're like, "Yo, this movie's called Batman. Like we're we put you in Batman. You are Batman, but." You, we're going to have you train like a female Robin, and you guys are going to be the main characters, but this is your chance. Batman has been relaunched. Um, you know, we fired Chris Nolan off, off the set. This is Batman. Go. And I really feel like he thought he was Batman. And that's as close as he will ever get. Yeah. But, but, but mean, actually, he, no. So he sold it, and he had an amazing death scene in it, too. He was great. While he's burning alive towards the end of the end of the movie, he's like, he's he's burning alive, and he's like, use the kryptonite. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you could put, I mean, can you imagine? All right, so check this out. Mortal Kombat, right? What if you put Mortal Kombat in Assassin's Creed? Think about it, though. Just take the Lin Kuei Ninja Clan. 
Mortal Kombat characters and put them in Assassin's Creed. So what if they are the assassins? You've got Sub-Zero, Scorpion, a technically Reptile, I guess. <laughs> you know, like Smoke, Sector. Who's the other mm-hmm. uh, robot one? Uh, Cyrax. Cyrax. And, like, they are the assassins. Mm. Like, they just go to Rome and take over. That's awesome. I mean, like, yeah. Scorpion, he could just climb up the building with his uh, get over here technique. What's this grappling hook built into me? Thank you. Go all the way up. It'd be <laughs> awesome, man. Or, like, all those dudes, all that, like, the Royal Guards are chasing you, Sub Zero just freezes them all and starts uppercutting them. That'd be awesome. You know, that's, and that's really what that franchise needs. You know, Assassin's Creed 2, pretty awesome variety. Uh, but, you know, by the end, you know, I was like, okay, all right, all right, you know, I've kind of had enough. But what I really want is some magical powers. Exactly. Like, yeah, you know, Leonardo da Vinci kept making all these, like, you know, clever things for him. Fuck that, man. You know what? I'm just going to be reptile and turn invisible, and then I'm going to bite your head off with my tongue. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and, like, whenever you're on top of those buildings and you can jump off them and land in hay bale, but, like, Mortal Kombat, it's like the, uh, the level <laughs> in the second game with the spikes. So you just knock people off yes. the building and they're like, oh, boom, right in the spikes. I mean, that's, that's something that really needed. I mean, like, one of my favorite games was kiting a bunch of guards, like 20 guards, and then running up a ladder and turning around and punching them one by one because it's like an instant kill if they fall off a roof. Yeah. They just boom, one at a time, boom, boom, boom. It, it could have been so much cooler if you're just like, I will freeze you and then uppercut you and, you know, like poison attack this guy. Yeah, I want every guard, too, when he's almost dead, to start wavering back and forth and just finish him across the screen. Hell yeah. It's so cool and like... Oh. In, and Sony just does... No, no, not Sony. We're only talking Lin Kuei ninjas here. So, yeah, Scorpion just takes off his mask and just, like, flamethrower guys out of his face. Fuck yeah. Oh, and Katana runs the local prostitute chapter. <laughs> so you have to, like, meet with her. She's like, I'll help my whores blend in with you so that the guards don't see you. I don't, see, I, was, I always thought that was kind of a lie. You know, that was a little bit of deceit. In Assassin's Creed 2, it wasn't that you blended in with the whores. It's just that, like, boobs are so distracting. Yeah, exactly. Like, dudes would go like, hey, hey, baby. Well, who were we chasing? Subs. No, I forget. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) what could you tell me about those? By the way, the last Mortal Kombat (laughs) game, do you notice they just keep making them with bigger boobies every game? Dude, of course. Less less clothing, bigger boobies. Yeah, like, Sonya Blade fights in, like, this, like, cutoff shirt now with huge knockers. Can you imagine, like, what would happen if Judge Dredd joined the G.I. Joe force? I think I think that he did at one point. Like, Cobra would be so fucked. Like, Judge <laughs> Dredd would show up and be like, so you're telling me they're world global terrorists and you've never executed one of them. <laughs> like, he would just, like, have Tomex and Zima down on their knees. <laughs> Crime. Running extensive enterprises. <laughs> Verdict. Guilty. <laughs> Sentence. Execution. <laughs> And just shoot one of them and watch the other one yes. just die through shock. Oh, yes. That was the thing, that was the thing about Tomax and Zemon. They only need to hire one prostitute. It's like a yeah. money-saving device. Yeah, the other one just felt the orgasm. <laughs> no, no, because... <laughs> and he's like, Tomax, Tomax, I said female prostitutes. Ah, <laughs> it's ah, too late, brother. Touch. We're being attacked from behind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, man, seriously. Judge Dredd would just execute all of Cobra. That'd all be... of it. <laughs> I swear, I swear, there had to be at one point, because G.I. Joe ripped off everything. I mean, they, they were not proud. Yeah. G.I. Joe had to have a Judge Dredd ripoff at one point, 
And then ju just to show the moral high ground, to be like, no, Judge, Judge Ted, no, no, you can't just execute everybody. Democracy has rules and stuff. Oh, well, they had that on Batman the Animated Series with that lockdown character. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was um, an attendant in Arkham Asylum, mm -hmm. and he was beating the shit out of the bad guys. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. badly that like when they went over there, just looking at him, they would all like whimper, even like the Joker. Yes. Like, no, leave us alone <laughs> kind of deal. And then he was like, Batman, you will totally join forces. And Batman's like, no, man, I don't kill them. I let them come back out in three months so I can fight them again. Yeah. <laughs> it's a revolving door, Justice. I know this makes me like a dick, but like, uh, I want to show up to the Renaissance Fair with like two other people and just like paint guns. <laughs> Paintball guns. And just be like, suck it, Renaissance Fair. Da -da 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 -da. And just tat them up with paintballs dude i would say I, well one there's like ninety thousand people there yeah uh they would crush you in a new york minute no they wouldn't and, uh, paintballs hurt no one's getting close <laughs> to me that's that's why it would be a good fight like they got knights and armor and stuff and i'd just be like ta -ta 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 -ta, all okay, over their okay. armor and stuff so it's like it wouldn't be crushing them necessarily but i think it'd be like a fair fight and it'd be like bring it and we'd take over we'd storm the castle and like grab some of those big titty wenches and bring them with us and stuff and make them serve us it'd be awesome and it'd be like yo we took over so now come take it back with your these and your thous you know and your archers that aren't going to shoot arrows at me but i will shoot paintballs at you because one's a felony and the other one's not so it's like i would totally do that me and two other guys with paintball guns let's take over the renaissance fair and that eat could be chicken cool. <laughs> with our bare hands because that's, that's right. how you eat chicken at the renaissance fair with your hands that's right man they give you the ice cream cone of chicken yeah so i mean i think that would be kind of like i think that'd be kind of fun i mean it wouldn't be fun for them but no <laughs> i think it would be fun for me i've i've gone to renaissance fair before because mm -hmm. i like to try everything sure. and uh you know so i saw the jousting and you know and the, and the, the storytellers and the jugglers and and I bought a beer from a wench, and I tipped her, and she made me put the tip in her bosom. Wow. Which I definitely enjoyed. I was like, sure, let me wedge that down in your tits. That's cool. <laughs> she told me to do it. So, uh, but yeah, so yep. it was okay. But the whole time I kept thinking, it was like, I'm going to come back here and paintballs and just crush you people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, wait, wait, there, there, there was a guy that was like, fuck you, Renfair. He was definitely like there was the like a lot a lot of people dress in like you know their own costumes and whatnot. Uh -huh. You know, there's like wizards who stink like homeless people, right? Uh, <laughs> because they are homeless people, and uh, <laughs> and and you know there's like the dudes with like the very serious freaking like knight armor and the ladies that are dressed like like Queen Victoria. But then there's like this guy, right? And I saw him with like walking around with a chick, and he has like a suit on. But not any suit. He's like the most corporate-y, like, like no lint on this suit whatsoever. Very much like Slick Rick 80s style suit. And he's walking around just like belittling everyone. Oh, see, now, now see that, in that point, I would actually then turn on that guy. Because I'm not there to make fun of the Renaissance Fair people. I'm not there to hate on them. I just think it'd be funny if I like rock their world with technology <laughs> that's all i'm saying like i think it'd just be fun to kind of do that and i almost think like they might kind of enjoy a challenge you know they could all unite against the bad guy but i'm not going to sit there and make fun of them so mm -hmm. if that guy came back by i'd be like yo you know just be like occupy renaissance fair and everyone shoot wall street <laughs> i would totally lead the charge to kill that guy and then everyone would be on my side again because it's not cool to show up and hate on people i mean come on 
Come on. No. Let's have a, no, let's maybe, have a soul. <laughs> may, maybe you got to hold your, your paintball gun high and be like, People of the Red Fair, this is my boomstick. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So we're at New York Comic Con. Eric, you came all the way up to New York City. Yes. And it was a eight-hour train ride. Wow, but but you know it's totally worth it. I mean, you know you 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 get out of Penn Station for the for the first time. You're looking around. I'm like, hey, do you want to eat? And you, you're like a like a deer in headlights. Yes. Every time I come to New York City, it's I'm always shell shocked for a couple hours. I think probably anyone is because mm-hmm. it's always different. But I was also shell shocked on the train. Oh yes. Because I really had to pee. <laughs> and uh, when you go in the bathroom. There's two bathrooms on the train car, and when you lock it, a yellow light appears on the wall. So everyone all the way in the train car can see when the yellow light is on, don't go up and pee. <laughs> so I waited, and you know, yellow lights go off, people left, and some old lady who was sitting directly to my left with her old husband, they were probably both 90. Aww. Like I don't know how they got on the train together. <laughs> and she like stumbled her way down there. It's, and, the, it's the death car. And I was like, oh, she must be going to use the bathroom. But the light didn't go on, so I figured, oh, she's going to get a hot dog or something at the food cart, mm-hmm. which is another train down. And I was like, well, good luck, Bones. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> oh, no. She's not coming back. No, a sudden stop, and she's going to take a tumble. <laughs> so anyway, so no yellow lights. I was like, perfect, because there's two bathrooms. And so if there's no yellow lights, I, I, uh, I got, you know, I can get in one. So I'm walking down the aisle, and this, I swear to God, this lady jumps out of her seat, almost lands on my feet in front of me, and runs into one of the bathrooms. Oh, what a dick. So she looks at the one that's like the handicapped, you know, big one, and she goes, no, and she jumps in the other one. So I'm like, clearly, I have to go in the handicapped one. Mm-hmm. And it's not locked, and there's no light, and I start swinging it open. There's the old lady oh, no. with her old panties down around her knees, <laughs> like, just right in there taking a piss. <laughs> oh, no. it's, it's just like a huge sliding door like like in, <laughs> in the chainsaw massacre when when the leatherface slides yeah. open that wall that's what you get you like you get to slide it open oh god so clearly she didn't realize you had the lock it or whatever <laughs> so i slide it open and there she is they're like oh god and i'm like sliding oh. it closed and i went down another train car wow to uh to pee but when i came back of course, I got back before she did because yeah. she's old. Yeah, well, so you know, they, 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 they call these people the greatest generation. Yeah. So her husband's sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I know that when she gets back, she's going to tell him the story. And then I'm like, did she get a good look at my face? Because mm. uh, it was very quick. I mean, she was looking down at her old <laughs> vagina, and I was in oh, and out fast. Yeah, so I don't well, know what she, she Well, she has to part her wizard sleeve <laughs> in order for the stream to come out. <laughs> so... And, and the wizard beard. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get that out of the way. <laughs> so, like, well, you gotta part the shower curtain oh. and the shower lining. So she comes back, and I just I can't even look to my left because yeah. I just I'm so guilty. I'm right there. I'm like burying my face in my Kindle, fire, uh. reading a zombie book, and I can hear the husband like zoom, hoodie <laughs> goo. <laughs> And she's like, I can't even understand what she's saying because I, I don't speak a hundred. So she's like, and I was just like, fucking. I was like, I know she's telling him that someone walked in on her when she was peeing, uh-huh. but I just don't know if she got a good look at the young whippersnapper's face, which was right me right there. I just didn't have the heart to like look to my left to see if they were staring right at me. So it was an uncomfortable another four hours. Well, come on. I mean, she, I mean, you know, old people can't see that far. I mean, if and if she could, you know, well then, you know. And, and she didn't she know I was coming in to uh, you know into the bathroom. She sure. was doing her business, so yeah. I felt like to balance the the karmic scales, 
um, on the way out. They were carrying like a 500-pound suitcase above them in carry-on. <laughs> and so I, I, I picked it up and I, I took it down for them. That's nice. I mean, he would have killed himself trying to do it. I don't know how he got it up there. Well, yeah, they probably wanted to die. So I was like, let me get that for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I felt that kind of like, and it was like here, I'll, I'll get this for you, sir. And sorry about seeing uh, <laughs> an old lady peeing. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yes, once, so that helped shell shock me when I got to New York. Well, that's nice. So the other day, Rob uh, Robert Paulson, the uh, one of the most prolific voice actors of our time. Yes. Uh, do you remember when he was kind of like he started into like this Chinese like Charlie Chan <laughs> kind of a bit? He was definitely being racist, dude. On accident, maybe. I mean, you know, I I know what it when you're when you're funny when you're a comic you're just like in the spur of the moments. You know, sometimes you pull a Kramer. And yeah, but he, yeah, he was like, oh, oh, you come over here, round eye. <laughs> and stuff and i was like what yeah we, i mean i was definitely caught caught aback so so uh i know it's the future eric when i can say something like hey rob paulson was uh you know rob paulson's racist charlie chan impression at new york city comic-con on facebook uh-huh. and he and he responded oh shit i was like oh my god he responded to me on facebook holy crap oh no he responded and he said, "Oh, here, you know what? I'm just gonna go over to Facebook so I can read." Oh it no! <laughs> I was like, I just couldn't believe that this just happened. I was like, I uh, like, am I starting some like Jumpman, uh, Yakko Warner like beef now? Oh, Chad, don't yeah, don't get us in trouble, man. I mean, you know, I will fucking kill that guy I if said, I have to. <laughs> I, I said, and, and I like him because he's Donatello in the Ninja, Ninja Turtle Turtle cartoon, and I love that cartoon. But I will fucking kill him if you start shit with us. Well, like all, all I'm saying is, I love the guy to death. He's amazing. He's very talented. His son was there. We applauded him. But I said on Facebook, I said Thursday he was doing racist Charlie Chan humor while promoting Bravo Man. Gotta love the older generation and their pre-internet humor. Oh, right. <laughs> what did he say? Did he crush you? So, underneath that, Rob Paulson says, "quote racist unquote humor." Pretty strong word there, Chad. Older generation, absolutely. I and all my friends and relatives of different color and ethnicities are able to not take ourselves so seriously. Lighten up. Oh, oh take that, hater. I know. Afterwards, Boom. I was like... When does, when does someone ever hate on the internet and actually get called out by the actual celebrity? I don't know, man. I was like, I was like, well, wait a second. But, but, but it was, but it was like poor taste. He was being racist, right? Is wasn't I in the right for saying that? Oh, I just called a guy racist. I just called Yakko Warner racist. Oh, it, fuck. it is a tough accusation to, to, you know, I mean, like, like, like I did. My ears turned a little bit red, and I looked at you, and I did feel that what he said, like, uh, you could be taken as racist. Like I was like, ooh, like I don't think he meant to. He was just trying to be funny, but it did come off as racist. But I love the fact that he tweaked your nose about it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess, like that's like the one thing that you don't get away with on the internet, which is you know that accusation. And and I was thinking, I was, I thought back to my college days, where I got accused uh, because of this project I did, I got accused of being racist, and I was like, what, what? Are you mm. serious? How could you possibly think? That that was racist, but the guy, you know, it was like the same deal. The guy was just like, no, dude. No, that was really poor taste, dude. I can't believe you did that. Did it almost make you feel bad because, like, Raphael was your favorite Ninja Turtle as a kid? And you liked Pinky in the Brain, and now that guy hates you? <laughs> I mean, I was hoping that maybe our first interaction wouldn't be him telling me to not call him racist. Yeah, like, we'll never be able to interview him now. 
<laughs> I mean, possibly. I mean, uh, who knows? You know, it's like... Well, guess what? Here we go. $10 million. Mm-hmm. $10 million to anyone who can finally prove that Bigfoot exists. Wow. So uh, where does the money go if uh, if nobody can come up with a good enough home? $10 million! Can they please donate that money to charity now? Because Bigfoot doesn't fucking exist. It's a TV show. $10 million Bigfoot bounty. God. Boom. Chad, this is it, man. Let's what do it? it. What? Bigfoot doesn't exist. Dude, let's go get him. <laughs> it's $10 million, dude. All right. All right. If you play a lot of scratch-off ticket, your odds of winning $10 million are very, very small. Yes. Same with finding Bigfoot. But you might as well try and play. Except, except lightning exists. You could get struck by lightning like more times than you would ever find Bigfoot. I like to think that Bigfoot exists. I like to think that um, I will never get struck by lightning because it's damn near impossible. But it is like not even impossible. It's like infinity impossible for Bigfoot. I, I just like to think that Bigfoot exists. You know, we're such a nation of smart asses. <laughs> that it would be nice if we were wrong for once and some of the crazy people were right. Wouldn't it be awesome if Bigfoot did exist and we're like, oh, you know, we're so snarky and so sure of ourselves and smug. And then all of a sudden we're like, wow, Bigfoot did exist. He was just really good at hiding. That would be awesome. <laughs> I want Bigfoot to exist. I need him to exist, dude. And we need to find him. <laughs> Let's fucking get him, man. Let's go get him. Yeah, I'll just go to say for the record that the Nintendo 64 controller is one of the worst fucking controllers <laughs> ever made. Yes. It was terrible. And paired paired with these with these spotty uh, controls of a lot of those 3D platformers, because uh-huh. that was new. That was what the N64 brought to the world, bequeathed to us, was a 3D platformer. Uh, you know, paired with that really hard to kind of hold, really way too tall analog stick, uh-huh. it made for a really frustrating experience. And, uh, you know, it, did, it introduced a lot of concepts like, okay, if you've never seen this hunk of crap, it's like the Millennium Falcon of controllers. You don't know, <laughs> you don't know how to hold it. Yeah, it's weird. It's awkward. Yeah, it's like I, w- when I first held it without before somebody showed me, thank goodness some some kind soul came over and showed me how to properly hold the stupid thing. Uh, you put your hands on either side of it like a regular controller, mm-hmm. right? But the D-pad on the left, which is where your thumb would naturally gravitate towards on one of the, the tridents uh, uh, things, uh, the D-pad doesn't work if you're playing a, an action platformer. You had to, like, I was reaching over the controller with my thumb mm-hmm. to awkwardly use the analog stick. And somebody's like, oh, no, no, hang on, hang on. You take your hand off the side and put it in the middle so it's, like, jammed up against your other hand like a tiny controller, yep. and that's how you properly hold it. And I was like, what the fuck? And actually, Nintendo, just like the just like the Wii controllers, Nintendo actually, um, because people were like, uh, people were bleeding, Eric. People were dying. <laughs> pe- pe- people were playing Mario Party for the first time and drilling, like, blistering, bleeding holes into their hands. Right. Because of, because of the, that analog stick, because uh, everybody knew that you didn't just use your thumb to, uh, to to go in circles for Mario Party because right. half the activities are about like jiggling the analog stick. No, you get carpal tunnels so so fast and your thumb tires out that you place the analog stick in the direct center of your palm and wiggle around your palm. Uh, you know, yeah. And and they were just like holes, like like it was like <laughs> stigmata holes through people's hands. And Nintendo actually would send you for free like some like some kind of like uh, hand guard mm. uh, for their terrible controller. 
uh, and just like the, the the Wii, they kept on sending like more bigger and fatter and more reliable wrist straps for the Wii because Americans, for some reason, were just like chucking them all over the place <laughs> and like snapping their their uh, wrist uh, thingies. Well, see, I'm glad you weighed on this because you know I'm not as big of a video game guy as you are, but I never liked a controller. I I never saw the point of it, like why it had to be so different, other than to be different for different sake. And so I was so happy when they moved on to GameCube, but I wanted to, but I didn't want to be one of those guys that like flames someone column on the, you know, online. So I was trying to be diplomatic and stuff, but then other people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I was six years old when I played that and it was, I didn't have a single problem and stuff. And I just wanted to be like, all right, but you know, we all know it wasn't that good of a controller. So I was like, I, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, good on that guy having a different take and defending it stuff. You know, at the end of the day, though, it just wasn't that good. And by the way, if you're ever on RetroWare, I occasionally post in their forums. My handle is Thunderdumps. <laughs> so feel free to rip the shit out of me. It's all sure, good. Sure, sure. Well, check this out, Eric. I'm not even done. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even done with my rant, dude. All right. So let me tell you what else sucked ass about it. All right. So the N64 controller was the first controller to introduce the idea that one button could be slightly bigger than others, which they like went to extreme lengths with the weird ass uh, GameCube controller where the A button was way bigger than everything else, Mm -hmm. which works for Nintendo first party uh, games and nothing else. Uh, But uh, but the the C buttons. uh, So there was like your A A button and B button. But then also there were these four C buttons that were just awkward to get to. Mm. You know, you had to... I often, even even when I was playing, like, GoldenEye, which I played a lot, yep. I, had to, I had to kind of, like, take my eyes off the screen a second to kind of figure out where the C buttons were every time. Yep. And the C buttons were so fucking tiny, you could easily confuse one of them for the other. Yep. And the, um, the whole idea of the trigger on the bottom of the controller, also very cool. Uh, you know, it's like an interesting new thing that they brought, you know, that eventually... That the the PlayStation uh, controllers, you know, eventually ripped off of with the uh, with the shoulder buttons, mm-hmm. you know, which became standard. But the the original kind of trigger on the bottom, the B button, or like the Z button, the tiny ass little buttons. It was just like there were just so many weird choices on this thing, from like giant buttons to tiny buttons. It just felt like uh, it's it's like the D pad on the GameCube controller. It's meant for tiny hands. Yeah. Right. Like, who is this controller, or excuse me, and the and the Dreamcast controller, too, at a tiny D-pad? Who is this for, and what kind of, like, misshapen, bizarro world is this, like, weird, trident, upside-down, buttons everywhere, tiny buttons, big buttons controller, like, what? why was that a good idea? Well, we all know you're a big fan of the movie The Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, so this one, Reboot. The Dark Lightsaber Crystal. Oh. (laughs) We all know that lightsabers are powered by crystals. Yes. So, and every every Jedi has to go to the one planet, Mm -hmm. or there's like two planets, and they have to harvest a crystal to power their lightsabers. So, the Sith Skeksis (laughs) have taken the giant crystal and put it in the middle of their fortress. And without it, the uh, Jedis, those like sloth dudes... Mm-hmm. They don't have lightsabers anymore because they don't have any crystals. The the Skeksis have hoarded all the crystals. So whenever they try and go to the Skeksi fortress, the Skeksis all have lightsabers because they've got the crystal, <laughs> and the Jedi sloths don't Holy have any. Shit. So they're screwed. This is but, fucking awesome. But there's one. There's a legend that there is one random crystal shard still out and about in the kingdom. <laughs> so they must send 
their Jedi Padawan, Gelfling, to oh find my it. God. And if he can find this crystal, he can use it to power just one lightsaber and have a chance against the Sith Skeksis. This is the best fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Holy shit. I mean, I mean, uh, it's too bad Disney doesn't own the Dark Crystal, but, but, uh, man, of course, this is exactly what they were talking about. Like the Sith being fucking evil. The Skeksis are, are evil. Yeah, man, that's you, Sith for you. Yeah, and the Jedi are like their opposite. You know, like they're just like the uh, the mystics. Mm-hmm. You know, those big dudes with forearms. They try and use the Force without the nonviolent methods. So without the uh, lightsabers, they try and just you know you use Force powers, but it's not really working. Exactly. Wow, this is genius. And you know, like during during the film, you know, it's kind of it's not like coming of age, but you know, like uh, Jen the Gelfling, he's like learning more about his people. You know, he's like the last one. He's the chosen one. You know, he has yes. to bring balance to the Force. <laughs> yes, and they said, all right, there is one who knows where the lightsaber shard is it. Oh, is it Agra? No, it's Yoda. Yes. Yoda knows where the shard is, and he's just as effed up and weird as Agra. He's like, mm, look for the shard you do. <laughs> so it'd be perfect. And, you know, Frank, Frank Oz played Agra and Yoda. Yeah. Mm-hmm, just saying. So, yeah, dark lightsaber crystal. Boom, chalk it. That's fucking awesome. That's that's on par with Predator Babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're making money this podcast. Dude. Oh man, if only if only there was like if only one of the maniacs turned out to be the Will Wheaton of the next generation, then he could implement all these fucking fantastic ideas. Now we did compete in Mario Kart. It's true. That that's the thing. I mean like I think we're gonna we're gonna like latch on to Mario Kart Wii and just not not play anything else as a family until until there's another Mario Kart. Yeah, until the Wii U makes one. So yeah. until now, there's like six of us that play. So four of us play in a, in a, a tar, in a cup, and then the two shittiest guys have to hand their controllers, <laughs> hand their steering wheels off to the two in waiting. But I like I like we 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 did a little team mode too, you know. So we, uh, you know, I, I picked a girly character. So of course, in truly Williams fashion, everybody's like kill kill Chad playing the girl character. <laughs> Yeah, usually uh, sometimes we do a team, so it's like you know it's all, all four people and like two computer guys on one team, the red team, and then mm-hmm. six computer guys on the blue team. So yeah, we're all on one team the first time, and then we have a bunch of me's, you know, that we created. <laughs> and we were very creative. Like I created created a Native American guy and oh yeah, Tonto, and Tonto, and then we created like fat guys and we created our own me's and. Um, <laughs> Chad created Hitler. I didn't create Hitler, okay? <laughs> right. I didn't create Hitler. Hitler was a playable character. <laughs> so we all choose like really nice characters, and Chad chooses Hitler. So we're like, get the fuck off our team. So we boot Chad over to the other team, to the blue team. So it's us versus the Aryan race. No, wait, no, wait a second. No, wait a second. All right, this is how I remember it. All right. Hitler is sitting in the sitting in the waiting line, you know, you know, yeah. what, right, ready to choose a team, and there's like Tonto and another, and like two other uh, black yeah, guys. Yeah, we chose right? minorities as our as our Wii characters. <laughs> so, and Chad as Hitler could not stomach that. So, so like... he brought all the white characters on his team. He's like Mario, Rosalina, get over here. I have alliances with Italy. It was amazing. It was Louis, like, baby Luigi, come here. It was literally all the white characters chosen at random yeah, by the all, computer yeah. and Hitler. Yeah, all white characters on Hitler's team. 
team, and all the minorities <laughs> went on our team, the good team. That's right, and and for some reason, Hitler's car is in the game. Yeah, it's, it's like a 1920s Model T Ford or something. It's amazing, and I smoked you with it! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Hitler crushed us. Oh, uh, yeah, don't mess with Hitler in the Hitler car. <laughs> the weird thing is, I was racing as Tonto, and I came, I took first place in two races, but then we went to Rainbow Road, mm-hmm. and I laid a fucking egg on I hate Rainbow Road and if you play Rainbow Road as like a, a, a big heavy character who goes fast and then on a motorcycle which turns too tight it's just a recipe for disaster well that's well that, that's my that's my whole secret to winning Eric is like I'm, I'm like pretty good on certain courses but like the courses that everybody sucks on I excel yeah so it sucks like when we're at like the the beach the, you know, the, with all the little islands with the crabs that pinch you in nuts. Uh. <laughs> we are the crabs. We pinch you in nuts. Like, we're just, we crush Hitler on that one. But when we go to Rainbow Road, mm-hmm. uh, Hitler just destroyed us. He That's came right. in first. I came in, like, 11th. It's it's one of, it's one of those one of the courses where like I like I can win Rainbow Road without falling off and everybody's just like the whole time oh god uh, fell off again well fuck it <laughs> we're sliding around like there's fucking ice on the Rainbow Road <laughs> I don't know what happened so Hitler did beat us we did challenge his ass to a rematch and we crushed him the second time we chose close. better characters I was like <laughs> Bowser Jr for the rescue he's my go-to guy mm-hmm. well usually well, I always choose Bar- like the heaviest character Bowser and the Flame Flyer which is like all like all uh, all top speed and no turning. Oh, I go for I go for Bowser Jr. He's a smaller guy and the mock bike, which has Bowser's head cut off and put on front of the motorcycle. So that's right. It's like the Highlander. I have to kill you to absorb your powers. That's right. And, and I actually I won a couple circuits as Bowser Jr. No, no, it's so. good. It was, it was always good competition. Sadly, not good enough. Yeah. You know, I'm always coming on top. We're gonna have to play again tonight. Do you think oh. Captain America has tiny balls? <laughs> I mean, I basically they basically took steroids from the World War II before there was like warnings labels on them. No, no, no. This is what I think happened. So, so in Captain America the movie, right? He goes into the little electro coffin, and they're gonna like inject him with the super soldier serum, and, and then there's this flashy light, and you hear him go, "No!" And that's when his balls have shriveled off. Yeah. But he's like, "No!" But then, but then, of course, like with steroids, the small balls make the big, the the dick look bigger. So eventually he's like, oh, I can live with this. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, hold on. Small potatoes, bigger meat. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, and he does manage to keep his uh, roid rage under control. He's always, he never really gets mad, so. Well, they didn't show you, like, behind the scenes where he's, like, smacking some chorus girls around. They're like, no, save it for Hitler, Captain America, stop. Mm-hmm. Shave my back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> shave my back. Pop my pimples. All these, all these different uh, reality shows, the Food Network, mm. a couple shows, and you watch the um, the commercials in between. And it's actually kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like the target audience, it seems for these shows are uh, are fat people with diabetes who do not want to exercise, who just want to take a pill, uh, yet have terrible, uh, crushing, depressing problems to which they will sue over. Yeah, it's called America. <laughs> I know. Check into it. I know. I feel like I've been living in a bubble. Yeah. Like the rest of America is all like. Fat and depressed and suey happy. Oh my god, every commercial that we have now Ugh. has 30 seconds of side effects at the end of every commercial. Yeah. Except beer commercials, because beer <laughs> solves everything. Yeah! Beer, see, beer and alcohol, like, alright, I understand what the side effects will be. Yes, you, know, you, you do did, anticipate them. You know, you did not, like, create and patent beer, so you have to, like, inform people about what oh. will happen. I forgot to tell you what happened at a Christmas party last Saturday that I went to. Oh, that's right. I just yes. you you crawled home. <laughs> yeah, uh, with I was your, in bad shape. With black eyes, I think. <laughs> no, it was in bad shape. So yeah, we went to this Christmas party, and uh, 
And like the second I came in, they're like, you want a beer? And I was like, I want two beers. <laughs> and so I was just pounding beers all night. And I actually slept there. You know, no irresponsible drinking and driving. Mm-hmm. I slept there, crashed the other night. That's but good. I have this uncanny ability that when I have to puke, I wake up exactly 15 minutes before launch. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't throw up in my bed. I don't have to run to the bathroom. I always wake up like, oh, why am I? Oh, I got to puke. That's good. So I get there and it's like uh, I'm sitting there and... You know, like if you you know if you pee, people call it going number one, right? And if you poop, people call it going number two. Number two, yeah. And I would say if you puke, it should be called going number three. Oh. Well, I found out. I never knew this was possible. <laughs> you can actually go number two and number three at the same time. Oh my god! I thought I was gonna puke, and all of a sudden I was like, Oh my god! I gotta take a dump. <laughs> And so I was like taking a dump and I was like, oh no, it's puke time too. And I grabbed their garbage and I had all the stuff in there. I was like, ah, out both ends at the same time. I didn't know if it was theoretically possible. You can go number two and number three at the same time. Wow. But then it was like, crap, man. There was like a a garbage, (laughs) there was a garbage can full of puke and there was like stuff in there. So I had to like, I was like creeping through the house at four in the morning. I was like, there's all these people like passed out around like snoring and stuff and i was like oh don't wake up and i'm like holding my i'm like on my tippy toes holding a bucket of puke like trying to dispose of this and i was like there's no good way to dispose of the (laughs) puke bomb so i found this garbage bag but it was full of garbage and it was like and i picked it up it was leaking garbage juice in the bottom so i'm like shit i can't throw this in here it's gonna leak puke and i'm gonna get in trouble so I had to go through all their cupboards until I found the garbage bags and I dumped it in there and wow. and then we just left before the before the people woke up. Well, that's how you like, do it. If you let's don't wanna, get the fuck out of here. If you don't want to clean up, man, that's what you do. Yeah, you just gotta leave. But yes, it's possible to go two and three at the same time. I wow. I never knew it was possible. I had wondered and like as I was doing it, as puke was coming out my nose mm-hmm. and my ass at the same time, I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh well, it's a glorious day for science. But this sucks for me. Wow. Yeah, you know, so, you know. Yeah. I just had a thought. Maybe it's possible to do one, two, and three at the same time. Well, I think I technically was going one, you know, because you usually do when you go two. But I was yes. just counting two and three because right. those were the really ones you got to think about. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I had the trifecta, the hat trick. Wow, Booga shaka. <laughs> yeah, no, but it does suck though. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's, it's it leaves no survivors. Yeah. Don't don't put it on your bucket list. Is that what you're saying? Oh, it's on my. Well, it was in a bucket, yeah. so. I guess you can check that one off. Now I am recording. You may commence with the farts. Farts. Wait, wait, those were all like juicy. You need like some big heavy ones. Like. (laughs) 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 Who does number two work for? Ah. <laughs> All right, dump it. <laughs>